depending on the philosophical school you ascribe to or you know, your own life experience. Hope is either something you strive for, something you maintain, or a vile poison that corrupts everything at the heart of us all. Yeah, hope is something that we either need or something that holds us back. There are two very interesting schools of thought on that. And in very much my style, I'm not going to really be digging into either one of them. Because I think we need to reevaluate our relationship with hope and maybe redefine it. And so I want to talk about that on today's episode of Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name's Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, and yeah, I want to talk about hope today. And honestly, I am not a nihilist, and I don't want you to think that I am. That introduction may have sounded like it, because I am a Stoic, and Stoics and nihilists are often confused for one another. But I am not a nihilist. I do not think that everything is terrible, I do not think that everything is bad, and I do not think that everything inevitably falls apart and will be destroyed. And before anybody comes after me with like entropy and science and whatnot, I, I tend to have a good understanding of what entropy is. And I do think that we, as people, should we put our minds to it, we'll find ways to survive no matter what. I really do. But having said that, Hope. Hope is a dangerous thing. Hope, like many of the topics we've discussed this week, has two basic uses. One, it's that thing that we keep within ourselves that helps to drive us forward, that helps us to keep moving forward. And in times when it's not even logical or feeling like something that we should have, it's something that cancer patients have to get them through their treatments and to encourage them to have their treatments. Hope is a powerful thing. Hope is also something that is used by the powerful and by the elites to control people. The American dream is a form of hope that is sold to the vast majority of people without any of the caveats that should go along with it. Yes, this is a country where anyone can become anything, and our dreams really can come true. Asterisk. When you look into the footnotes of that, you find out that, well, nobody actually does it alone. There's no such thing as pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. Most of the people who are put forward as those self-actualized billionaires who came from nothing actually came from fairly privileged upbringings, or if they didn't, had a very lucky angel investor come in very early in a project and give it support that without it couldn't have gone on to the success that it had. Yeah, the successes are often rarefied. So why are they held out with such vigor? Because they blind us. 
You see, this kind of hope is rather poisonous. You see, look, there, there's more African Americans that are winning awards and more African Americans that are be, being recognized for this, that, and the other thing. We had a black president. Therefore, racism is over. No. No, it's not. And I'm not sure that the death of George Floyd or any of the protests that are going on right now are going to end racism. Racism, like most diseases, is something that it's going to take a lot of inoculations to get rid of. And until we completely develop a strong herd immunity against it, it's going to keep coming for us. So why do we tell these stories? And worst of all, why do we believe them? Because that hope keeps us from taking action. You see, if anybody can make it, then if we did anything to radically alter the system, then we're jeopardizing that hope. Why get rid of the lottery when it, there's a chance I might be the next winner? And if I'm the next winner and I lose that chance because the rules of the lottery were changed, well, then I'm just handicapping myself. So even though the odds are low, I mean, maybe it would be better to just let things be the way that they are and I'll keep playing and, you know, maybe it'll be my time to win. Yeah, that kind of hope is dangerous. But like I said, there are two kinds of hope. The other kind of hope is the one that gets us out of bed in the morning. It's defined very simply in a very clear thought experiment. Say you're on a boat that goes down off the shore. You can see the shore from where you are. It is within your own enlightened self-interest to believe, to hope with all of your heart that you can swim ashore. And then to use that hope to fuel you to get there. Because what's your options? If you don't believe, you'll drown. Yeah. That's the place where a lot of us find ourselves. We have to believe things will get better. Or we'll just let ourselves drown. And I'm not just talking about people like myself who have anxiety or depressive issues. I'm talking about all of us. The business that we run in town, it, it, it's going to get better. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to get through. We're going to make it. I mean, we've made it for quite a long time as a restaurant. Restaurants have a spotty track record of being able to succeed at all. And we've made a good run of it, but it, it, it's, it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. It doesn't matter that we have people that will not come because it's owned by a queer couple. Or that we don't tolerate people spouting racism, sexism, or homophobia at our bar. And yeah, some people come visit us for that, and they'll support us. We have to believe that they will support us. Or why, why go on with it? Why push on? When I say that we need to redefine hope, I think hope needs to be personal. These great hopes that we put onto larger social change is problematic. 
If we sit at home and hope, well, someone will change the law. Someone will reform policing. Someone will find a way to help the less fortunate. Let's hope that our elected officials, let's hope that the protesters, let's hope, let's hope, let's hope. That is faith in a false god. And it really is. I, I don't want to sound religious or that I'm getting up on a high horse here, but it is faith in something wrong. Yes, I, I do want the protesters to be successful, and I want our elected officials to do the right thing. But I don't believe that they will. Not unless they're forced to. You see, the systems that we have now were engineered to help the wealthy. And by wealthy, also those who are white. In fact, that's one of the reasons why I'm considered white now. You see, most of my heritage, I mean, I have some English in me, but I'm primarily Dutch, Irish, and Scottish. None of which were considered white, necessarily. The Dutch, maybe. That depends on who you ask. But before the 1900s, just because I'm, I've got Irish in me, I wouldn't be considered white. But, oh, we have to do something to shore up our numbers and make sure that there's enough white people to hold off the others. And so people were grandfathered in. And as I'm wont to say, last in, first out. So I, I don't like to consider myself white because at any point, you know, I've actually been called terrible things by white supremacists who not just because I'm queer, but because they know of my Irish pride and they don't consider people of Irish descent to be white. So, you know, I can't have any hope there. The system that we have was designed so that white, wealthy, male landowners would have power. And we've tweaked it here, there, and yonder around the edges to make it better, more tolerable for others over the years. But we've never really done any systematic overhauls. Because every time we've stood up, every time we've risen up, either they've killed off the leadership to a sufficient degree that we stopped fighting, or they gave us some token gestures that mollified enough of the population that they didn't have to worry that we would keep asking. And that's where I want to redefine hope. Hope is our goal that we fight for. In my years, I have learned to stop using phrases like, well, I hope things turn out okay, and mean them the way most people do. Hope, like everything in our world, requires action. So if you honestly do hope for racial reconciliation, for police violence to end, for the police state to end, for there to be equality in our country, for there to be a valid social safety net so that people don't keep falling through the cracks, that we actually take care of people who are mentally ill and ensure that people actually have a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, you know, those things that we are supposed to have as Americans, then if you are to have hope, you have to have action. 
they have to go together. Now, I'm not saying that you have to be out there protesting. I'm not out there protesting. I would like to be, but physically I am incapable of doing that right now. And it hurts me very much to say that. But I have this little bitty platform that I call my podcast and my YouTube channel and my Twitter account and my Instagram account. And so I'm trying to use what I have. I'm trying to take action that I can take. I'm trying to do my part. And that's all that can be asked of any of us. You see, we have to do things. We have to put pressure on those in power until they realize that they don't actually have the power we do. This is a democracy, which means they are not our leaders. They're our employees. We forget that way too much in a democratic state because we've allowed them to create a leadership class for themselves. We allowed them to create dynasties. And I think one way to fix this would be to make it illegal in future. Based on our constitution that says that we're not allowed to have titles of nobility in our country. Well, if your father was governor, you shouldn't be governor. You shouldn't even be allowed to run for governor. If your father was senator, you shouldn't be allowed to run for senate. If your father was president, and I'm saying father, because let's be honest, in most instances, that's what we're talking about here. I mean, the patriarchy is real after all. And once you start redefining hope as that which you actively work for, that you want to see happen, it changes something in you. It changes something in the way that you view the world. It sometimes creates a lot more stress because you have to figure out what it is that you can actually do to help bring those hopes about. And that's not always easy. And sometimes it's really, really hard. But hope has to be more than a dream. See, I dream about a lot of things. I dream about having superpowers and the ability to fly just by raising my hand like Superman and fly into the air. I have dreams about being able to zip through a cityscape like Spider-Man, cast spells like Dumbledore. But I know that those are dreams. Those are fantasies. Those are fanciful images that fill my mind. Hopes, well, sometimes are that fanciful. I hope one day that I will be well off enough that I can take care of my family and my friends and that they don't have to worry anymore because I don't believe that society will. But just because that's a hope doesn't mean that I don't take active action to do that. I continue doing the podcast. I continue doing the writing. We continue working on the restaurant, trying to build a business that we really can't afford. But yeah, we try. We work. We do what we can. Because the worst kind of hope is the one that gets you off the hook. Oh yes, well, I, I hope that they are successful. Well, what have you done to help them be successful? And no, that doesn't mean that you have to give money, because Lord knows I don't have the money to give. If I did, I would. That's why that's on my hope list. Something that I'm striving for is to be able to have enough money to do that. It's one of the reasons I do the Patreon. I keep hoping that 
one day it'll be making enough that I can support myself and start supporting others with it. But we're not there yet. No, have you called your congressman? I know it's terrifying. I know it's a really hard thing to do. There are apps that you can download for your phone that you just put in your address and it'll find them and auto dial for you. For goodness sakes, they'll even give you a script, some talking points. Have you called? Have you sent them an email? Have you sent them a letter? Have you done anything? Have you talked to your friends and family? Have you told them how you feel? You see, it doesn't have to be something grand. This is the big problem we have with great man history, at least the way it's taught here in the United States, or at least the way it was taught when I was in school. If it's not a big public display, then it doesn't count. Or at least it feels that way because we're never told about it. We're not told about it because we're only told about the big things that make a difference. We're not told about the countless people that orchestrated and made that possible. We're not talking about we don't talk about the hundreds of people that it took to organize the March on Washington. We talk about Martin Luther King, who gave one of the speeches there. Rarely do we talk about any of the others. Who else gave a speech that day? Do you know? And I'm not trying to shame you for not knowing. I just want to point out that that view of history is wrong. The people that were responsible for the success of marches like that are everyone from the people at the top who got the billing to the people who drove the buses, who helped make sure everybody was there on time, who made sandwiches and brought water so people wouldn't go hungry or thirsty throughout the day. There were countless people who took part, even in small ways, who helped make flyers, who manned phone trees, who helped get the word out. There were a lot of different things that went into making that a success. But we don't talk about the little things. Because there's so many of them. And where would you start? But because we don't talk about the little things, we always feel like if we're not able to do the big things, then we can't actually help. And that gets us off the hook. And so, well, I hope things will work out fine. We can do better than that. We can do more than just hope. Whatever the small action is, sending out one tweet, putting one picture on your Instagram, saying something on Facebook, it's not much, but it's something. And you never know what effect it could have on others. Whatever you can do, you can do for whatever it is that you want to see happen. Hope doesn't have to be some airy-fairy dream. It may, might be. Yes, I would love to live in a Star Trek world where we've gotten rid of poverty and homelessness and disease and war. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to work towards it. Of course I am. I'm going to do whatever I can to try to bring it about. Does it mean that I'm going to be Zephyr and Cochran and invent the warp reactor? No! I wouldn't even know where to start with any of that. But those philosophical groundworks that need to be put into place, those ideas of infinite diversity and infinite combination, of the futility of violence to solve our problems, those are things that I can talk about, things that I can do things about, 
And hopefully, in the end, it will add up and actually make the world a better place. So that's all that I'm asking, is next time, instead of just hoping, just sitting there and going, oh, I hope, I hope, I hope. That's good too, that helps to give us motivation. But you put something behind that hope, words, actions, whatever it may be. Because that's how we actually change the world. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, down in the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean. I would love to hear from you. If you um, would rather hit me up on social media, I'm C.E. Dorson on both Twitter and Instagram, and you can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. If you've got a dollar, you can pass my way. In the show notes, you'll find a link to both listener support and my Instagram, my Instagram, my Patreon. I will get that right one of these days. Thank you to everybody who does that. It means the world to me. And if you don't have any money right now, like I said, I, I completely understand that. But share what I'm doing. Share the message. Get it out there. That's a huge, huge help. And really does mean the world to me. Thank you to everybody who does that as well. That's it for today. Tomorrow we're going to probably be ending our discussion of redefinition with a Fiction Friday episode of, about redefining creativity. So until then, stay well, stay safe, and don't forget to have the fun. Bye.